When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all the great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe. That's right. I have faith in you. You can subscribe right below Joe today. That's right, right below Joe. He's not scary. He's not that scary. You can go ahead, go ahead and click right there with your mouse on the subscribe button for YouTube today. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture. A ton of pop culture news has been dropping. Not only did I cover it on Friday, but I got a ton more coming at you on Monday when it drops. There's also as well inside sports fantasy football. Hoping we gave you great advice for NFL Week 4. A lot of good stuff has been happening, including some good stuff for my fantasy football team. So go ahead and check that out each and every week right there at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Good friends at GameSource, but also as well, the great folks at Sinblades.com. Go ahead and get your lawn reshapen today at Sinblades.com. Plus also as well, what Joe Soro, a.k.a. Ox1947, does in the world of Lakerland as part of LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out the great groups that they have each and every day during game time as well at LakersBall.com. Also as well, our good friend, Laker Tom. Best wishes to Laker Tom. He was thinking about coming on today, so that's good news. He's feeling a little bit better, feeling a little bit more spry. Things are getting better, so that's good to hear that Laker Tom is on the mend. You can go ahead and catch his latest articles today at lakerholics.com plus also jamie sweet with his famous five things articles as well so go ahead and check it out today at lakerholics.com plus our good friends at the hoop heads podcast network and if you can go ahead and catch all that it is sincerely appreciated well guess what folks basketball is back that's right lakers basketball is back the team gets on the court for real well okay exhibition season so it's kind of for real but that happens as far as three games this week. They're going to be at the Crypto.com Arena tomorrow. And then in Las Vegas, my neck of the woods, they'll be here later this week. We will cover all the games post-game right here at the Lakers Fast Break. So go ahead and stay tuned for that. But what do you want to look out for this week 
as exhibition season starts. Are there minutes to go ahead and fight for in the rotation? Is there any spots still left available to fight for on the starting lineup? We'll go ahead and talk about that, plus everything that you need to go ahead and know about the upcoming exhibition season as the team gets ready for another hopefully good season run coming up. I know this past weekend they were in Joe Soros' neck of the woods at the Pachanga Casino and Resort. On our Facebook page, I showed some highlights, so hopefully everybody got a chance to check that out on our Facebook page, Lakers Fast Break. But here today to talk about the Lakers upcoming this week and what to watch out for is a good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check him out as Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. It is Joe Sorrell, the man behind Sinblades, S-Y-N-B-L-A-D-E-S, Sinblades.com. Great to have you back, my friend. They were right there by you down the street at Pachanga, my friend, working out, obviously sorting out that starting lineup. My question to you is when it comes to what's upcoming and starting with these three exhibition games they have this week, what are you most interested in looking at when it comes to these early preseason games? I'm looking for some kind of an identity. Uh-huh. Uh, and reading up on Kendrick Nunn playing well is probably the most encouraging thing I've, I've read so far this whole summer. Uh-huh. If he continues to stay healthy and can contribute, there could be a huge... Uh, benefit there and then seeing how ad plays will be uh will be a an interesting view not too worried about lebron at least not yet uh lebron's gonna be lebron he's got purpose this year probably more than than ever because he's coming close to breaking a very i'd say probably if you if you had to pick a second most popular American record, which would be the all-time scoring record in the NBA after the home run record in baseball. Uh, and, you know, I've, I, I say this <laughs> as more of an identifier than a, than a crack on LeBron, but LeBron is about LeBron and he, he loves himself. Already so, getting that mad face on when he slams yeah, the ball like yeah, he did this past weekend. Yeah, he, he, he loves himself. He's excited about that. And that's something he can hang his hat on for sure, no matter what happens with the wins and losses. But once Kendrick Nunn shows me a little bit, that's kind of going to be a very encouraging thing because they really need that kind of player to to kind of jumpstart this thing and give the rest of the guys a little bit of uh, a boost, uh, especially AD and LeBron. If he plays well uh, throughout pre- the preseason, it's going to be encouraging going into the to the regular season, uh, and then I'm obviously going to be watching to see what Darvin Ham's ability to enhance Russell Westbrook's ability. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be able to find out a little bit about that. Uh, I, I don't think there's ever been a preseason that I can remember that would that would be important like yeah. this one. This one, if I'm if I'm Darvin Ham, I am telling everybody other than AD and LeBron, you guys better be prepared to play like you're playing for real because I really need to assess the situation. There's really no margin of error. Margin of error extends greatly in health, in performance, in, in attitude. It's those three, those three things. There's really nothing that can, that can veer off 
those three things. If they do, it will go bad. And last year, we we saw an identity in a, in a negative way, which isn't technically an identity. It was they had guys like Russell Westbrook and really the the rest of the team just did not did they they were checked out mentally from coaching. They were meant to, they were checked out from wanting to put any effort for each other. And those are the type of things that that cannot happen in any way. And you can sit there and blame injuries and all that, but uh, I've seen plenty of teams in the past. Matter of fact, the 2021 team that dealt with injuries and didn't, didn't fold like wet paper, like the guys did last year. Um, So those are the things that, that I'm waiting on and it's, it's going to be tough. It's, it's really going to be tough because this, it, it, the NBA in general has not given us any evidence of a fully fully running team throughout an entire season. And you could blame COVID. You could blame the fast start in 2021. You could say the 2022 season was a residual of those two seasons. I, 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 let me, I'll say, okay, that's fine. Yeah. But right now, 23, 22-23, I think we can stop playing the, what most businesses out there are saying with supply chain issues and continue to still use COVID as an excuse on why they stink at their job. Now it's over, guys. Now you've, got a, you've had a couple seasons to kind of get situated here. You've had enough breaks. You've had enough of kind of getting back to normal. So this year, I am not going to put up with the, well, you know, this is what happened. I'm not. I am fully expecting someone who's 29, who is in his prime, who has a about as unique a skill set that has ever ha- been in the NBA, and Anthony Davis, I expect him to be available all year and through the playoffs at full capacity. Uh, we don't know if his body is going to hold up but we're going to find out this year for sure. Cause yeah. one year, 2021 came back too early, 22 freak occurrences, right? Well, this year it's, it's, it's a clean slate at that point. I'm going to, I'm waiting for, for, for Anthony Davis to finally have an MVP year. I mean, a real MVP year. And if that happens, it, it, this whole thing gets steered so much better. Um, And that's, that's kind of where I stand on everything. I'm, I'm anxious to see this. I'm anxious to uh, see how they perform, and hope that there's 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 something there that we can we can really, you know, see as an identi- as an identifier on what this team's going to be. So far in the games and the footage that I've seen from the Pachanga Resort and Casino, I have agreed with Blue Magic that Damian Jones is looking pretty good on defense, blocking shots. I do like the fact that they've also run lineups with LeBron and Thomas Bryant, having Thomas Bryant spot out from the three. Haven't seen him make the threes, but he's followed up for slams and actually made himself available to LeBron as far as going ahead and sneaking inside, as far as following up on on his missed shots. So that's good as far as the hustle, the center position, either defense or offense, depending on what you're looking for. seems like the Lakers might be able to work something effective with those two guys, hopefully this season. I've also noticed as well, Max Christie is very much of a rookie because he's still learning the defense as it goes along. He's still 
got a lot of work to do on moving his feet, being able to go ahead and keep guys in front of him because Russell Westbrook was having his way from uh, way with him on the offensive end during the footage I've seen so far. Cole Swider hitting the threes pretty good. I like that. I like to go ahead and see if he can still try to see what he can do to crack the ro- rotation. It would be interesting to see if he actually makes the rotation at any point in time sooner than Max Christie. That would be very telling indeed in regards to what the Lakers were looking at at that point in time. But so far, it's been okay from what I've seen. Nothing really sticks out 100%. But again, we won't get a real true focus until tomorrow. We can get a, actually a better idea what's going on with Monday night's game at the Crypto.com Arena. But for me, I'm actually looking, like you said, at Kendrick Nunn is obviously one of the key focuses on A, how much is he being limited on his minutes? B, how effective will he be in the offense? And C, how effective will the defense be in and around what LeBron and AD are doing? So that's really of concern to me, those three options right now. And who will crack the rotation minutes? Or who is going to be the guys coming off the bench to first start? Who are they going to test first? Who do you think they're going to go with as far as coming off the bench to start off? I think it's going to be Reeves and Beverly coming off the bench as far as the first two players are concerned. Well, I'm basing my rotation off of three years of Vogel. So, we yeah, that's one of the things I want to – I don't know how Darwin's going to yeah. do his. You don't know his rotations yet. Not a, No, but I, I think it's going to kind of be the same in a way, again, for LeBron, especially LeBron. I think you're going to see him play the first six minutes, then get out. I, I always preferred playing the first quarter, but then he is a 20-year player, so that's that's probably not possible. But playing the first quarter, I used to love Phil Jackson's rotations, you know. The, the star player would play the first quarter, sit the first six minutes of the second quarter, play the last half of the second, and then same thing happened in the second half, of course. Um, and that gave you, you know, a pretty good amount of, you know, 36 minutes a game is is a pretty good number. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking who's going to come off the bench? If, if, if Schroeder, let's say, doesn't come off the bench to relieve Russell Westbrook, are we leaving Russell Westbrook in the entire quarter? We'll that's, see. That's that's the because that, you're, you're that would be a change from what we saw. Yeah, it would because you're not having if they stick with the previous rotation with LeBron. LeBron is going to be out at six minute mark, and then uh, Westbrook stays. Now it's different if Westbrook was coming off the bench to relieve LeBron. Mm-hmm. which is something I'm going to campaign for, hopefully. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that that's what it ends up being. And then at that point, you still need structure. You still need a team concept. But you're you're more giving Westbrook the ability to kind of play his game without LeBron there or even AD. If I think AD should definitely play the first quarters of every game. I think he needs to stay in and really get himself in shape yeah. for an 82 80 game season. So those are the those are the those are the things that we're going to be seeing here in the next 6 games. We're going to see where Darvin will start to kind of formulate this thing and whomever performs is probably going to get the the, the job whichever whichever it is. 
I'm not sure you're going to see as much in one, two, three as you will in games four, five, and six as far as the true rotations of the team. I think right now they're going to do a little bit of an experimentation exactly who maybe I think players nine through 12 or nine through 13 that they have on the rotation on the roster who they're thinking about. Those guys are going to get more of time allotted to them because it's a wait and see. It's a see if they're going to go ahead and be able to produce for the Lakers type scenario. Those guys are going to get more minutes during the first three games. Then you'll see them getting more serious about the rotations, who's going to play what and when during four, five, and six. I'm not expecting much of LeBron or AD in the first game or two. Maybe by the time that they leave Las Vegas, maybe they'll be playing a little bit more. But especially those two games in Las Vegas, since they're back-to-back, I'm not sure exactly how much they'll play of each of those. So we'll have to wait and see. But I am curious to see maybe starting this next Sunday, how the exact rotations are going to be played. Because by then, that'll be game four a week from today. And we'll get a better idea, I think, of the exact rotations and how they'll look come the regular season. What's going to likely benefit the Lakers throughout the year is because the young guys aren't, at least as of right now, good shooters or good defenders, they're going to probably have to outrun teams. So Darvin's going to have to run a consistent veteran versus young type flow, which is if LeBron and AD are in there, you'll probably see more of a half court type situation. And then of course they'll run and gun when they have to, like they did in 2020. But if you're going to take advantage of player of the young guys right now and not allow the other team to really, set themselves up, set themselves in a, in a defensive situation to guard these guys, you're going to need to really, really run and run and run, run, run. Uh, because I have, there's no way guys that can't shoot guys that can't defend would be beneficial in a half court in any half court setting. Well, now the, now the NBA is prime, my friend, for more fast breaking points. They took away as far as the, the take foul, it was so funny because I even actually heard the stats. Last year, there was over 1,600 take fouls, just to give you an idea. That's just insanely stupid of the NBA to let that even happen. I'm glad that they're finally gotten rid of it by trying to go ahead and being able to you know, change that now that there's going to be more transition. So hopefully that will lead to more things for the Lakers because in transition in 2020, that's where they really shine. It's 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 sad that it took them this long to fix that. We were yeah. talking, and the the refs have been really bad at calling it. Anyways, uh-huh. they they there's a clear path. I mean, it, there was a clear clear path in so many cases that they didn't call clear path. That I'm you're sitting there going, dude, no one was in front of them, no one was guarding behind. Like, what do you like? Why aren't you guys calling this? It's kind of reminds me of the of the not calling a foul, a shooting foul, when the guy clearly shoots before he gets fouled. Yeah. Just because they're, just because they foul, you know that they have to foul and they happen to be in their shooting motion and they foul, you have to call that the, for what it is. Like, I never understood the guy literally would time it. It's like, it's like a, a, a linebacker or, or a, a DB would time the, the snap. You're not going to penalize them for getting it perfect, are you? And I was, I would drive. This is the thing with the NBA refereeing that's always just absolutely drove me nuts in, in all these years, especially now where it's 
more, even more fluid, more, more, more run and gun is guys. I understand you're going to miss a, you're you're not going to see a foul. I understand that, you know, that, that happens. But what I don't like is when you anticipate or you just call something what it is when it's not. Yeah. Don't anticipate. It's, this is an example. I told some of my friends, I said, if someone got fouled and then the guy that didn't get called for the foul complains, you can, you, you're like, I didn't see it. I'm sorry. That makes sense. Right. But if the guy doesn't foul and you call it a foul, how did he, that means he didn't see it. That means he did not see the foul. He just assumed and anticipated it was a foul. Cause you'll see a replay, right? You'll yep. see a replay. The guy hits his arm. It's a foul. But if he didn't, then why did you call the foul? That means you didn't see it. You're lying. Not lying in a purposeful, purposeful, purposeful way, but you're lying in that you just blew your whistle because you just assumed it was a foul. And those are the type of things I don't know why they haven't taught the NBA. And it, it it's just it's it's bad. It's just bad, bad business. I don't like it. And I'm hoping that this thing solves a little bit of the momentum type thing. Yeah. yeah, the take foul was they were really butchering that nonstop. I just it, yeah. was, it was really frustrating. It was so many times. I'm like, dude, this is clear path. It's clear path. Sixteen no, over sixteen hundred. No times. one going back there. There was no one. It was the guy dribbling the ball, headed to the hoop, and then the guy fouls him. I'm like, well, was he lined up here? I'm like, dude, this is these are these are mega athletes. Okay, even like three feet. If that guy's got the ball three feet, unless it's like rookie Rubio or something, you're they're gonna get to the basket. So there was just a lot of just assumptions that the NBA refereeing has a lot of assuming. It's a very assuming uh, uh, officiating, and it always just I just never understood why they never took care of it. Again, I, I I've gone I've been on here a lot with with David David Stern and and how how he paid attention to to useless things, especially from the moment Jordan retired in 98 and on, he was one of the worst commissioners I've ever watched. He was great from 84 to 98. Great. But when you look at it from the big picture, of course he was going to have it be great. He didn't have to really worry about a lot of things. There was not a lot of expectations at that time, but he did have Magic, Bird, and Jordan to carry him to 98. Then once Jordan left, once that those that star power was gone, yeah, you had Shaq, yeah, you had Kobe coming up and all these guys, but that's when he started just faltering on everything. and. You know, we we saw what happened with Donahue and the the refereeing and Donald Sterling. The fact that he he kept rewarding his friend for whatever we did, <laughs> and 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 it's it's it, and I'm a big silver guy, and I, I feel like um I feel like silver I think outside this of whole, this past time. Yeah, yeah I, I think silver this last few years because I think of COVID, um his his attention has has veered off because he was paying attention to outside influences so much he hadn't had a chance to really focus on his league and i hope i hope he can get back to doing that now this is rafael from nbadraftjunkies.com and you are listening to the lakers fast break check out what's been going on with the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. 
Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yeah. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. Truly appreciate you joining us and watching and listening. Big shout out to Joshua Dietz, one of our great Facebook followers. Please go ahead and be like him today and like the Facebook page at Lakers Fast Break. Wanted to go ahead and ask you real quick before we get back into what to look forward to this exhibition season. One more rule that they started really working and focusing on this part of the season. Remember when they were earlier part of the season, when they were really giving leeway to, as far as those guys that were so dependent on the free throws, such as Harden, Durant, and they weren't giving them, like you said, the assumption fouls as they were heading to the hoop all the time. So they weren't getting the eight, 10, 12 free throws a game like they're always accustomed and used to. And they used to, they were whining and moaning. And I know that was a big issue for them as far as those players that were so dependent on the free throws as a part of their game. But as the season wore on, they started relaxing on that. And you got to see them as far as their number of free throws on the average build up and up and up. Your thoughts on that? Should they allow them to play on more and not have those players that are so dependent on getting all those free throws all the time, you know, having to have them force them to change their game? Or are you in more favor of what they were doing before and allowing those players to take advantage of it? Well, a lot of a lot of what's ruined the game is the James Harden ticky tack fouls. Yeah. James I Harden agree. has James Harden would have been a, a good player regardless. Mm-hmm. But he became a great player and my mind-boggling that he be, he was an MVP. His game is one of the worst games for a great player I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. His game, yeah, he makes the shots. Yeah, his little, you know, head thing that he does is 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 I'm sure, you know, beneficial for him, but it it really it, it the game just doesn't has no momentum, no no flow, I should say. Mm-hmm. There is no flow. There is no if you're if you're watching a guy take 20 and 25 free throws all year it, it becomes it just doesn't it doesn't become it, it's not entertaining and they would let him they would let him do it during the regular season and then they would referee him different in the playoffs which yeah. adds to my uh, Stu Lance used to uh, always used to say look a foul should be a foul the same way it is in the first quarter as it is in the fourth quarter why do they do this and we just assume we just assume it's always some kind of an assumption. assumption You're assuming that that James Harden, if he goes down the lane, is oh he's automatically going to get fouled. Yeah, it's. It, I don't know why. Why did they start doing that? You know, when when Jordan would get fouled, Phil Jackson said Jordan was fouled on every play. Shaquille O'Neal was fouled on every play. It's difficult to 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 referee those guys, right? And I go, for guys like that, I that makes sense. If you don't know what the heck you're going to do, kind of like a you can call a holding call on, on, on the offensive line on every play, I, I get it if it's in that situation. But 
to placate and to enable someone for an entire season, regular season, to do that, that's bad. That's not that's bad game. That's just bad business. And then you don't do it for him in the playoffs. Like what what I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It it never it never has. The NBA and the rule right now, the, the, the new rule that's going to be coming, we all know what's going to happen, is they're going to probably get rid of this 19 rule, make it straight out of high school, which I always I always thought that 19, that 19 thing always kind of made me laugh. You know, I it's it, stupid. It, Just get rid it, of it. It was so stupid. It was so stupid. And what they did was they just agreed in the middle of everything. And that that was like the clincher for me with even even before the the, the veto with David Stone. I'm like, are you really like you're such a idiot? Like, why 19? Really? They're gonna go to school for one year? I, I it never made any sense. I, I said if you guys wanted these guys coming in here prepared, then do this. You either come to college right out of, out of high school, or you you sign a commitment to play two or three years in in in, in, in college. And I was just – that was just something I threw out there. I knew it would never happen. And then at that point, you're like, look, if they want to come here, just make sure you let them know, hey, guys, if you're making this decision, you better own up to it. Now, if an 18-year-old kid comes in and doesn't succeed, who are they going to blame? Well, But this has gone on for years, my friend, as far um, as the – And that's why they created the 19 rule. They wanted the kid to be prepared a little bit, but they I only mean, do it for one year. For every Kobe – that comes out of high school, there's been three or four others, five others that have not made been able to go ahead and successfully get to that point. But you know what? It's a risk. And then now with so much development, with so much as far as the AAU, with so much as far as the G League Ignite and, and also Overtime Elite and all the stuff that they do for Euroball, there are ways that we can go ahead and gauge better as far as the, the future success or not so success of somebody coming into the league. And I just think that rule is always just as far as one year. What is one year going to do ultimately for these kids? A one year of college, they don't pay attention in class. They don't care about class. They just care about going to the NBA because they know if they have a decent season, they're going to go ahead and go into the NBA anyways. So I really think that that rule needs to go and they just stick to 18 and be it from there. But again, we're covering all over the place. It's going to happen. It's, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen. Next CBA. I just I just hope that part of part of why the NBA's quality has has gone down is there were there was a time when great players did play under great coaches for three or four years in college and came in really really seasoned to be professionals uh-huh. and we we are not we are not running with with trying to be professionals anymore we're we're running with it's not fair tags. We should uh-huh. be able to do what we want. But then as soon as things go south, then bl- the blame game starts to happen to, uh, to to people. And it's like, which well, which one is it? How many how many Kobe's and KG's and T-Macs and LeBron's are there yeah. that came out of high school? You know, are you judging it off that? Are you judging just a handful of players that came out of college that were actually successful? Is this going to be a distraction down the line and you're going to put people in precarious positions that the, the, the commissioners, the owners, and all these, all these guys that are in the power positions, you're going to blame them when they don't succeed. And then what? Well, guys, we try to put an age limit. You didn't want it. We put, we do this. You're complaining that it didn't work out. Well, what do you want us to do? We have a developmental league now and you're still not making it work. Maybe you just suck and not, are not going to make it. Maybe you suck at life. 
You know, you just suck at life. If that's that happens. Well, so, now now they've got so many outlets. Now, if somebody can't make it in the NBA, they could try the CBA. They could try to go to Australia, Europe. They can go to play for the G League Ignite. There are just so many avenues where they can still make a monetary living as far as just if they can't make the NBA. There's still places that they can go and, and still prosper at this point in time. So it's not like in the past where there was so lim- so many or so few limited options for available for these kids if they didn't make it in the NBA. So now I think there's a lot more available to them. Yeah. But I want to ask you this, my friend, as we continue our show, the Lakers fast break, truly appreciate everybody watching and listening. It is again, exhibition week for the Los Angeles Lakers tomorrow night at the crypto.com arena. I love everybody's scowl when they say the crypto.com arena, <laughs> the collective groan still there. But also, as well, the upcoming games here later this week at the Las Vegas T-Mobile Arena here in my neck of the woods up here in Las Vegas. But when it comes to what you're seeing, my friend... An even more lame name for an arena, too. T-Mobile. You know what? They pay the bills as far as uh, the naming rights are concerned. So keep on going ahead and, you know, using your cell phones there. So... I wanted to ask you this, my friend, though, when it comes to what you're looking forward to this week in the exhibition season, when it comes to the starting lineup, do you think what we're going to see on Monday is set in stone 100% and that's what we're going to see the regular season? Or is there a chance if somebody does not do well or somebody does do well that that could change by the end of the six-game season? Exhibition. I don't think he has a choice unless Schroeder plays lights out during the uh, exhibition season. There's, really? Or the, maybe Thomas Bryan? I don't know if Thomas Bryant's going to be the starter. He could. It could work out if if you have a a run and gun. If you if you have like a twenty twenty team that's running and gunning, I think it's much easier to have Schroeder at the one and then none being able to kind of leak out a little bit here, uh-huh. LeBron leaking out there, AD, you know, trailing, you know, that type of thing would, would definitely benefit. I would say that Westbrook could be that guy too, but I don't trust him going to the hole anymore. I don't trust him making layups. Okay. So if that's the case, if he's not able, because he's definitely not going to be able to make a shot in transition, he can barely make a shot when he's standing still. So if I'm playing defense against the Lakers and Russell's running the break, I just disrupt Russell Westbrook and that whole break goes to crap. And that's, that's the reality of that. So my hope is that Schroeder can come in, especially coming off the Euro uh, tournaments where he's already got his, you know, his wind and maybe he wants to get another contract this year. And he's familiar with working with the Lakers a little bit and LeBron, but, and, and hope that he, he can, he can be the point guard for this team at some point during the year and Russell Westbrook comes off the bench and only plays 25 minutes a game. I, I don't think he needs to be play more than 25 uh, if he's if he's willing to play team basketball. I think you want to limit Westbrook's you want to limit Westbrook's ability to screw up the game. 25 minutes should be good. Make sure you maintain the leads. Yes, I know he's going to Hall of Fame. Yes, he's an MVP, but he is neither of those at this moment in talent. If this Russell Westbrook was playing his entire career. He would have probably been a decent eighth guy on a team. And that's, that's the reality there. So um, on a championship team, anyways. 
Yeah. So we 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 have to have Darvin Ham really understand what's going on there. There there I, I mentioned there's two things that would keep him from 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 doing something like that. And I'll I'll add in a third one. Okay. I said the first two would be either management is controlling him or Russell Westbrook would have to break out to surprising everyone. The third is Darvin Ham can show if he's a really lousy or a good coach from that too. Yeah. I'm I'm just some guy watching the game and we talk about it. I'm not in their practices. I'm not creating anything with these type of with the players. And if I can identify those things by just watching and you can't identify it doing film every day, being around the players every day, then you are not good. You're worse than me, actually, at, at, at not being able to execute what you need to execute. That's that's how this plays out. There are things that I that we watch, and I'm not, you know, again, I'm I play arm. We all play armchair quarterback at some point, but this if you're if you're smart enough in your own mind to understand that there are sometimes factors. There's pressure that comes in. There's some guys that didn't execute what you told them, but we don't know about it. And I get that. I get that that happens, or they missed a shot. But how you set up your team is something that's that's that you can't really can't really go and blame anything on that. If you continue to use Russell Westbrook as your point guard on a team that needs shooting, you're not going to succeed. You're just not. And you're definitely not going to succeed against the upper echelon teams with good coaching. Because we've already seen it, guys. And it's not just from 2022. Gerald, you were against the Westbrook trade because you had seen what he had done the last two years. Absolutely. Right? He is he is not a great fit for today's modern NBA. I know Dennis is saying that he is the best option right now. And Darvin Ham already said he was start. We know that. He has already stated that he's running in the starting lineup. But if he plays like last season, where he is a negative on both the offensive and defensive end, you might as well just get one of those average guards or below average guards like, you know, Patrick Beverly, Dennis Schroeder, all these average guards. Because Lakers don't have anyone in the backcourt that stands out. There is no one right now that's playing at a level that where they can stand out. It's just as simple as fact. You know, when you have Russell Westbrook playing as poorly as he did last season, you cannot go off of what he used to play like in previous years. You have to go by the eye test of what he is playing like right now or most recently. Hopefully he has changed his game or altered it to the point where he could be a productive player and a positive on both ends of the floor. If he cannot, you seriously have to have an open mind about changing it the rotation or changing the starting lineup if that's the case if you do not and you're just going to put him out there just because he's russell westbrook and he did all those things in the past years that's when you get yourself in trouble that's exactly when you get yourself into a situation where you're behind in every game and you the everyone all those eyes are looking at you and the benefit in having a hard schedule right off the bat will put that urgency in making those decisions quickly it was easy last year because you played the softest schedule in the league for the first, I think, 20 games. And you were winning a little here, a little winning a little there. But what you didn't realize was 
you know, and of course the whole excuse of, well, they're, you know, they're getting themselves together and then LeBron got hurt. If he plays was, like he did at Washington, that's different. But, but not, you can't, he yeah. can't play like that with guys like AD and LeBron on the team. He can't play like that because he played like that because that's, they weren't interested in winning. He, he can stat all day. Did they win? Sort of, but not not in a championship type thing, which is what this is. See, one thing you guys have to understand, one thing we have to really absorb here, because of because of how bad this whole situation has been, is this is supposed to be a title contender. We're not like if imagine just now absorbs absorb this. Hey guys, we're hoping we make the playoffs. How does that feel? How does that sound to you? We're hoping to make the playoffs. We're hoping to be a six seed. That essentially means we're not winning a title this year. That is not good. That is not good. You have a top three player when he's healthy on your team. You have LeBron James that still averaged 30 points last year and is supposed to be winning titles to put himself in the George Washington spot on Mount Rushmore in the NBA. Are we going to accept that we're just going to try to make the playoffs? I don't think we are. Our Lakers don't do that, or at least the fandom doesn't. Yeah. And if it if 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 all your and if you're if you're going to continue to do the same thing over and over again that you know already exploded and didn't work, how does that make you look now? It's it's not going to look very good, especially for a first year coach especially with a guy that's got a lot of conviction that seems to have the uh, the strength to say hey we got we're going to do the we're going to play defense and we're going to we're going to we're going to play team ball and things like that that's that's great to say but can that guy validate that I I don't I didn't see it in a press in the pre, in the interviews with Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook looked exactly like he's looked since I remembered him. And when they start losing, with him starting at the one, Darvin Ham is going to have to make a really really quick decision. Otherwise, this will go down fast and it will go down hard. And I understand Dennis's point. The problem is the players on the team aren't going to be better, even if you play them the most. Like we did, we didn't see Dennis two years ago as a starter. He wasn't that great either. I understand that. I get that. But the fact is, and I just said it, you have average to below average guards on your roster. There is nobody that stands out as an above average guard in the NBA right now. And if you guys try to tell me Russell Westbrook is an above average guard right now, I think you're only kidding yourselves. Based off the player last season and the statistics to back that up, on both the offensive and defensive end. If things change, and again, he plays like he did in Washington, that's a different story. But if he doesn't, and it starts, the season starts off bad for the Lakers, you got to make changes, and you got to make changes quick. And I'm going to use an example of Derek Fisher. It was very clear that Derek Fisher was kaput on defense the last four or five years of his career, right, with mm-hmm. the Lakers. But what kept him in that, and that lineup was his clutchness, his ability to, to 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 command the respect of the entire team from front to big to, to end, 
and had massive respect from the number one player and number two player on that team. So there is a way where you can cover deficiencies of your game by being someone like a Derek Fisher who was so respected and so feared when it mattered. You, you A good coach and a good team can, can mask a little bit of that deficiency. In our case, we'll use Schroeder as another example because we keep picking on Russell Westbrook. A lot of the reasons why Schroeder tanked is because he doesn't have it as bad as Russell Westbrook, but he has an issue where his mentality is kind of, you know, about him. And if any of those guys come into this season thinking about themselves and, and, and at the detriment of the team, you're 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 going to crash. You're going to crash and burn. There is no margin of error here. One little tiff, one little Patrick Beverly getting in, getting up in someone's behind is going to deflect and defer everything off. This has to be a perfect season for this to have any chance at being what we want it to be. And I just don't trust – I don't trust Russell Westbrook. I don't trust Schroeder. I can't trust none yet until he actually shows us on a consistent basis. Yeah, none has never been a, from what I've heard, a team chemistry-type distraction. His distraction has been – Possibly, maybe some focus. Um, well, gotta remember the- his his early years. He would be on the game. He'd be in the game for like thirty minutes, and then he would sit out the next games. You know, uh, Spolstra just messed with him so much as far as his time consistency. Sometimes he would have to wait on the bench. You know, he'd have productive games, and he'd have to wait on the bench until somebody got injured before he would get consistent time again. So his his his, his stature was all over the place in playoffs. In the playoffs, you know, in that bubble, he didn't even have consistent minutes until people started getting injured. Yeah, he uh, he, he might not be the guy that's playing team ball. Yeah. That might be why he's not he's not listening to sport. He wasn't. But there was also listening. defensive issues and questions with him. As well. That that's probably what it was. There, yeah. the, you know, Pat Riley does fact checks, right? That's yeah. that's his game, and he's 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 got that old fundamental type stuff that he that he still sticks to to this day with a lot with with, with his players and it's spilled over to Spolstra as well so he might not have done he he might have he didn't he wasn't a Pat Riley type and that that plays a big part on why that probably didn't work out how this works out here I mean if, if he's not a good defensive player and doesn't play team ball then we're right back to where we were having issues with you know uh, Malik Monk now Malik Monk wasn't a distraction to the team he wasn't you know, a locker room. No, but his his minutes were but, inconsistent, but, depending but on minutes, injuries, depending on rotations. And, and, and we know why. It's because he, he wasn't good on defense. And yeah. if you don't play well on defense, especially for a defensive-oriented type coach, you're going to have that issue. Spolstra is a defensive first type coach. Right? Riley was a defensive type coach. Well, but the thing is, though, we got to remember, there wasn't – you know, with AD out a good percentage of the year, he didn't have anyone to back him up that could make up for his defensive liabilities. If you're going to put a Kendrick Nunn out there, if you're going to put players who are good only on one side of the ball, you have to have other players that make up for that fact. Like now with Damian Jones, you're hoping he solves some of those problems on the defensive end. Whatever issues or concern you have with that backcourt of Kendrick Nunn and Russell Westbrook, and the based off the defensive performance last year of Russell and the defensive career so far of Kendrick Nunn, you have to make sure that you have a front line 
uh, or excuse me, a back line of, of centers and power forwards that can make up for a lot of the deficiencies that you bring on the defensive end. You can't depend on a Damon Jones or a Thomas Bryant to cover anything. They are the essential, the quintessential, I should say, role players that are not made to play 35 minutes a game. No, no, right? and nor am I saying. And AD, and AD, AD will, would have to be in a – AD already has a lot of pressure on him this year to perform and be available. For him to also be the eraser for a lot of the deficiencies from the guards, now you're adding more more pressure and more labor intensiveness to him. Yeah. Now he's going to have to not only guard this guy, but also close out here and try to seal guys here and all that. And LeBron, he's not going to be able to play defense half the season because he's got to preserve himself. So if, the, if Nunn doesn't play defense, if Schroeder doesn't play defense, and definitely Westbrook doesn't play defense, Beverly will play defense about as good as a 34-year-old Our 6-1 wing. Yeah, a 6-1 wing, which is a complete and utter nightmare. <laughs> Just saying. This is the NBA, folks. The, the wings in this game, even the marginal ones, are very good at 6-8. They're not going to get stopped by a 6-1 player. This is not Dennis Rodman. Okay, Dennis Rodman was country strong like no one has ever been country strong at that length, lanky of a body. And you, you, if you talk to certain people out there, they'll tell you the same thing. He was abnormally strong for a guy that size. He just, he had God, the God's gift of, of strength, right? Some guys have it just naturally. And of course he did work at it. He did, you know, he was, had the energy to, 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 you know, this guy used to work out after games. That's how crazy he was. That's how wired he was for it. So unless you got somebody like that, that's playing, which you know, guys like uh, Caruso, guys that really took pride in mm, doing that. KCP, you had a guy that was not a star, but the perfect role player. Absolutely. The guy that can can take over a game sometimes, but he just wasn't doing it every game. That's what And now he him. might be doing it for Denver. Yeah, and that was a great acquisition for I them agree. because now that, that helps Jamal kind of come in and Denver's gonna do it. Denver could be a problem if Jamal, if Jamal looks like Clay Thompson from that knee injury, then I think Denver is going to be a serious problem in in the West. And I'll tell you what, also as well, if they get back anything from MPJ coming off his third back surgery, if you get anything from him, Denver's looking going to be pretty good in the West. Plus, you got to remember they've always got that home court advantage being up there with a the thin air in Denver. And yeah, I think that's uh, something that people have to look at. But again, we will be covering all that in an upcoming episode just before the season starts. We are doing a major NBA season preview. I also want to mention on Saturday, I've got a special coming up for the you fantasy basketball hopefuls out there. So we'll be talking fantasy basketball coming up here on the weekend as well. So got a lot of great things in store for you. Plus, got to remember as well, we will be here post-games each and every time out right here at the Lakers Fast Break. We've been doing it for two seasons, looking for a third straight season right here at the Lakers Fast Break. So truly appreciate it. Plus, we've got separate group chats we're still going to do because I know a lot of people love our hour-plus group chats that when we go ahead and talk about and we just chew the fat and tell you what's going on with the Lakers. So we, we will continue the group chats at various points in time in the season as well. Pretty much going to try and stick to that on a weekly basis as well. So looking forward to some great things here at the Lakers Fast Break. But upcoming, 
is this week with the exhibition season on hand, my friends. So I want to ask you this in regards to possible rotation players getting back to, since we've already talked about the starting lineup and we, people are pretty convinced that Russell Westbrook is going to be starting this season. You're talking about Damian Jones being the starting five. Kendrick Nunn, should he be healthy and coming back as far as, and hopefully unlimited minutes by the time he gets off the exhibition season. I know his limited minutes will be limited during the exhibition season, but hopefully that will be taken off by the time the season comes around. So it looks like the starting lineup is in place, or at least somewhat at this point in time, maybe up for debate, depending on how people do during the exhibition season, but mostly looks like it's going to be, that's going to be what is going to be in the plan so far for Darvin Ham. The rotation minutes though, I really think are up for grabs. I still think if Cole Swider shoots well and, and plays even adequate or close to adequate defense, he's someone that could surprise as far as a ninth, tenth guy in rotation. You also have other guys that are on there like Dennis Schroeder. Where does he fit in? If all these guards are healthy and they remain healthy, let me ask you this, my friend. How many guards can we actually have in rotation? I mean, we're talking about five, six guards we currently have. Lonnie Walker the fourth. we haven't even mentioned him. How viable will he be as far as in this rotation? Not a lot of guards, man. I didn't say they're great guards. I just said we have a lot of I don't, guards. I, I, I think what they might have done is they said, look, we're going to just stack, stack stockpile guards and see which one comes out. Which one comes out of the, the, the gauntlet. Yeah. Half those guys aren't going to play. Really, We're not unless, play consistent minutes, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and and the NBA, I used to be able to say, well, they'll play that fourth quarter when we're up by twenty. You know, they'll they'll finish it off, and LeBron won't have to worry about playing the fourth, or AD won't have to worry about playing the fourth. But that used to be the old, you know, Shannon Brown and you know Sasha. That, that was like, oh, good. We just, you know, Shannon Brown was so many people's favorites. My dad, God rest his soul. Still love watching Shannon Brown play, and it was no pressure too for Shannon Brown, so he would put on a spectacle for everybody, and it was really fun. It really was enjoyable watching those 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 blowout games and knowing you're just going to kind of enjoy you know certain players' skills and mm-hmm. fan favorite type things. And but I I don't know if that that really will ever happen again because the NBA just doesn't know how to maintain double digit leads anymore. Yeah. I mean, twenty point leads are 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 the new eight point leads. I've, I've well, seen the, the reliance on three pointers. Yeah, the reliance on three pointers, the laziness on defense, the the gung ho run and gun type, you know, fast breaks nonstop, and then you know, stop shoot, and you know, these guys. That's that's what the game is. And yeah. I thought I saw in twenty twenty that there was a little bit of a, a solution to that. That's one of the. That was one of the exciting parts that I tell people about 2020. I said, 2020, you can call it the Mickey Mouse title all you want, but I go, one thing I did notice is that the Lakers, that particular Laker team, put a kibosh on the the modern era three-point happy offense. And it was no clearer than, than game six. I always go back to game six. Game six, what it did, not only in terms of execution of the defense, but what it did was it made you it, – it was quite obvious if you had watched all five games previous at how dead Miami looked going into game six because they spent their entire energy, especially in that last game, game five, that they that they won. But they were just 
they had to spend every ounce of energy to get to even that point. And then when they finally ran out of gas, you know, it was it was a team like the Lakers were just pouncing on you, pouncing on you, pouncing on you. And next, you know, with the 10, then to 15, with the 20, it went even with the 30 yeah. before half, and that was it. And I was excited about that. I was I was talking to my friends. I said, Do you see that right there? Frank Vogel found a way. The Lakers found a way to finally gut bust this damn Golden State Warrior happy era of basketball. Now, had Durant not gone to Golden State, it would have been busted earlier. Yeah. But it keeps kind of coming back. And, you know, you look at Giannis winning the title in 2021. A little bit of that was there too. Giannis isn't a three-point shooter. He's just, you know, he's, his game doesn't, their games aren't really predicated on three, three, threes like it was with Golden State and 20 out of the 30 teams. So I was, we were get, I was getting happy at seeing that. And then, you know, injuries and teams faltering at the, at the wrong times kind of dissipated that. And of course, Phoenix really choking uh, in the playoffs last year. That was, uh, I mean, as Laker fans, we were, secretly happy but as i was not so secretly happy that was fun to watch well it's it's i was i was liking the i actually watched a replay of it this summer because i enjoyed it so much it it i regret not cheering for the as much as i can't stand the the patriots in football we could have seen a 19 and 0 team and I was cheering against it at the well, time. You know, Miami I, is cheering against it. That's for sure. They well, celebrate. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, again, the they point is, the, literally, the guys from that that I know, year that I are know, still alive, I know, they get out I, the champagne. I know. It 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 it's you want. I want to see greatness. I want to see. I want to see great teams. I want to. If a team's going to win sixty-seven games, sixty-six games, yeah. they shouldn't be getting bounced in the second round. You know, I, I just think that's just not good i don't think it's good for the sport people yeah. want parody you watch parody in the nfl and you know the nfl is the most popular sport in the world i love football it's great but there's a certain sense of just i don't know mediocrity in every week's games you watch these these teams and they they're they're juggernauts one week and then total ass the next week i don't like seeing that i like to see i like to see greatness i like to see a team that's completely you know dominating it you know it just makes makes the sport look better to me i like to see that my fantasy football teams win that's all i care about my friend <laughs> and that's probably why it's gone this way the nfl has, has catered itself strictly to gambling and schmucks like us that play fantasy football they don't care about they don't really care about the players if they really cared about the players they wouldn't be hammering and hammering well, and hammering I... If I win my games. league, I'll be a happy schmuck. How about that? I'll be a happy schmuck. Uh, we're we're all at fault. Okay. We're all Sorry. at fault. I I blame myself for playing it. I blame myself for watching a not a good product anymore. And the NBA has always kind of teetered that line a little bit, but since since we've had the Steph Curry's and the LeBron's and that, and you kind of those guys kind of take away a little bit of the the issues there because they're so great. So cool to watch Kobe back in the day and all those guys, but I don't know. It's just, uh, I, used to, I don't get excited it, every, every today. There was a interception and the refs like usual ruined the, the ruined the moment. I'm sitting there watching an interception. 
almost takes it all the way to the to the to the end zone because I guess whatever you know this whole thing with it's got to be irrefutable evidence and I'm sitting there, I'm like well how do you know that foot wasn't how do you know the heel wasn't up before he touched the white line like and then before that happened it was it was a, there was a penalty and it was on the offense so I couldn't really enjoy it it's it's just I don't know I. I, I don't I know. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm a sports guy. This is what I do. This is I. Wa- I watch and I love it and I enjoy it. But it's it's the joy gets taken away a lot more. You you you're trying to. You I don't know. You I don't know what I don't know. I don't know if if, if I'm outgrowing the the this stuff or if it it is really crap. I don't know. I don't know how to how to answer the question really. Derek Grimsley, great to have you here. If not this year, do you all think the Lakers next year will be in contention? I think that the way that they're looking at it, and we covered this on our last episode, if 2023 is the real answer or the real thing that they're looking for as far as the Lakers front office, the way they're positioning things right now, it looks like unless they get a, a slam bang offer, because it looks like the Indiana trade is not going to happen unless something changes there. Unless something happens during the course of the season that allows the Lakers to go ahead and be competitive in the Western Conference or they get just this immaculate trade offer. And I had suggested this one the other day. I actually improved on it. If the uh, Atlanta, if something goes wrong in Atlanta, I'd still like the fact that you could get Collins, Capella, and Bogdanovich for Westbrook and Beverly. So I think that would be a great mono-e-mono matchup right there as far as three for two, as far as building out your roster. But I don't see something happening as far as a big trade is concerned, unless it changes quickly, hopefully it will, something will change at least by the trade deadline, you could do something. But right now, Derek, it looks like the Lakers are positioning themselves towards next year to be more competitive or to at least with the 30 to $37 million expected as of right now that they'll have free in the cap space to go ahead and sign players that they can be more of a contender next year. Here you're talking about a team that Vegas has currently that's been up to 45 and a half as far as the number wins. That's going to only put you in about 6th, 7th, and 8th at the very best, which is still not going to get it done right now. I thought that was high. Well, You know why? It went up at 40. It started at 44 and a half, but you know why it goes up? Because people come from L.A. and they bet and they raise the stakes up on L.A. That's what usually happens. If you're an L.A. fan the worst team that you could bet on is LA simply because of the fact that the odds really get skewed because so many Lakers fans, so many Californians come up and they throw money on California teams so much that it skews the line. So I'm just giving everybody a heads up on there. My experience working with the casinos since I moved up here has been like, yeah, absolutely. That's what they do. But getting back to Derek's question in regards to if they'll be more in contention, I think that next year they are eyeing a little bit on what's going on for next year unless they get an offer that they can't refuse. A star player would have to demand a trade to L.A. for anything to go ha- to, to happen. Or more depth. More depth. Or the Lakers make a money deal so that they don't lose out on a trade asset because yeah. letting contracts just run out aren't going to give them one truly max contract, which I think in in, in, in – all in all, it doesn't matter at that point. You're not uh-huh. you're not going to go after a third star and then have ten minimums at that point. I don't I don't think that's going to be the way to go. I think we've learned that lesson with Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Um, what their original plan with Westbrook was to have him just. I think this is what they wanted. 
And a lot of it had to do with the fact that they were in such terrible droughts during the 2021 season offensively that they, they wanted a, a, a third guy to kind of come, com, you know, combat that. But what happened was they, they, they napalmed their, their, the other side of the court by acquiring Westbrook. And I don't think they were expecting him to be that bad. Um, the, and if you wanted to use the excuse of injuries, 2021, uh, LeBron. Well, and- that's one thing I also wanted to mention. AD, of course, you're right. And then Derek, to let you know as well that this is an evaluation year for AD. Do you want to go ahead and continue on with AD on your roster, or does he play to a point or is have where you have a situation like last season where he just doesn't play up to par, or does he play enough or well enough to make himself attractive for a trade for next season where you can get a package of players coming back that can maybe better your team next year. Cause that's you and I said, we're going to give him a year. We're going to give him this season and see what happens. I would say whomever would, let's say he doesn't have a good year. Let's say he has an okay season. Uh-huh. Like the 20 team, and 10, you know, just, yeah, just there. Yeah. Yeah. If someone thinks that he's the missing piece. He's always talked about Chicago. I, <sighs> who would we get from Chicago? Well, I know they would try to put Vucevic and also DeRozan back at us. Uh, no, I don't want those guys. I'm just uh, telling you what they would offer. Initially. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna trade AD at the end of the year, you have to have. Well, here's the other problem: is Le- LeBron going to concede that he's not going to ever win a championship again if they trade AD? And Clutch apparently controls the Lakers, which is a lot of the problem here, too. By the way. I will tell you what, uh, you actually, just as you were talking earlier, about a half hour ago, Young MB dropped a question, and I want to go. I want you to go ahead and check it out after the show in the comments, because we will devote a good portion of tomorrow night's show to that exact thought in regards to Clutch and the Lakers. I'm going to let yeah. you know right, right now, because I promised him we would. He's, asked, he's been asking for it, and we're going to deliver on it. Yeah, there's, there's this, you, you, you cannot let an agency control your team. This is why... I don't remember a, an agency ever being any benefit to a team okay, to win. Well, well, we'll touch on this again. We'll, I'll give you all the time you need tomorrow night. I want to go ahead and, and just wrap things up on the uh, what to look forward to this on the exhibition season. Because I know you want to. I know this is a Joe topic. I knew it. I actually said that to Young MB in the comments on YouTube on one of our previous broadcasts that this is what he wants to talk about. This is the type of thing that he's he's best at. So I'll definitely give you the floor to go ahead and do tomorrow night. We'll go an extended post-game show just for that for you, Young MB. So going ahead and taking care of our viewers. That's what we do here at the Lakers Fast Break. If you have a question, please go ahead and hit me up, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com or at LakersFastBreak on Twitter or in the YouTube comments. I do get to them. Joe gets to them. And we go ahead and respond as best and as soon as we possibly can. So truly appreciate you taking the time out of your day to checking us out. But before we head on out, my friend, I do want to go ahead and hit you up this week as far as maybe what kind of record are you looking at? Because I know you said this exhibition season, you're not going to go winless. You cannot go winless this time around. So what are you looking at from back, uh, let's say the Monday game and then the back-to-back games in Las Vegas? I would be encouraged if they finished four and two for the entire exhibition season. Mm-hmm. Okay. But more important than anything is I want to see an identity. I want to see some kind of my identity that's being built. And I don't know how that's going to happen with Russell Westbrook as the point guard though. We'll see. I, it's gotta be something special that Darvin Ham's doing that 
that that we don't we don't know. Well, I'm very curious to see as well, my friend. I'm concerned. Again, what kind of Westbrook are we going to be seeing? Are we going to be seeing a more efficient Westbrook, a a Westbrook that's been able to go ahead and transition, create a lot of points for you, both for himself and for for his teammates? Someone that's going to be able to help on the rebounding end. Somebody's going to be able to play at least adequate defense. Not expecting the guy that that once was a pretty good player on defensive side. Just someone that's going to be able to hold off some players from time to time to not make it so easy. 113.6 as far as the defensive rating is not going to cut it this time around. That they cannot cut it. That's a terrible defensive rating. The worst of his career. That's got to go ahead and trend in the opposite direction. But you also have players on the team that aren't good either. Yeah. So who's going to spell him if he's not playing well? And that's where Darvin Ham's going to have an issue. I agree. I agree. And, and the that's, fact is that we're not a great outside shooting team doesn't help matters as well. It's not. It's it's a it's a I think we've repeated this maybe 15, 20 times and it's gotten exhausting. I'm glad that this is the last day we have to assume or think or hope or not hope and not have something to actually work off of, which yeah. tomorrow will allow us to work off something so we don't sound like we're destroying our team because I feel like I've been negative Nancy all all summer because I I get suckered into that well you know I'm just realistic man either which way I'm just realistic realistic things don't realistic stuff doesn't work in society especially now well I'm sorry I I shoot it straight to all my listeners and all our viewers you tell people the truth you're they're, they're more apt to get defensive and project oh i know and i read it in the comments believe me i have people that keep on going back as why do you keep talking about westbrook this this i think the lakers are gonna do and if this, it wasn't this. for you g i'd be much more brutal than i am i know and i try to i'm glad i don't i don't want to get you to say that hey i'm keeping you in line but i do do respect the fact that joe is doing a great job here i truly appreciate everything that you've contributed over the course of the now years that you've been here with the lakers fast break does it seem like years my friend well, it's been a year and, and maybe a few weeks. Yeah. If those for those who haven't heard it, I would have never done a podcast unless I was invited to do one. And you were invited, uh, or at yeah. least every, anybody from LakersBall.com. Well, true, said, true. But so I they was sent in... me you. They sent me you. Yeah. They we had discussed we had discussed starting a podcast for Lakers Ball. Yeah. I think most people on Lakers Ball kind of just like to relax and chill. Mm-hmm. So I never got enough of a green light to start kind of doing some things and i'm 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 not in charge of anything there i'm not a moderator i don't pay for any you know server time or anything like that so it was very cautious in how we would approach it making sure that those that you know own the domain and own the name and all that would be would be kind of you know the people that would 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 move it a little when but did I didn't, we get some other LakersBall.com reps here, man? I mean, I can I can send out a a feeler here. Yeah, I've always then, told them they're welcome to come on the show. Well, I, they've they've obviously they some a lot of them watch, so mm-hmm. we know that they're watching. Mm-hmm. Whether they want to speak, uh, you know, it's very hard for people to or speak. speak to us. <laughs> it's very hard to, for for a lot of people to speak, and yeah. I, I've I've been known to crack on 
podcasters. Have you, have you seen and heard uh, him and John? I, have this, I've listened, uh, I, I just find it hilarious that we have more communication and more ability to speak in this current climate of, 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 of technology. And when I see people who, who who do a show, it's it's them trying to give advice on what to do in life. And all I can think of is shut up, you know. And these guys get a lot of lot of some of the shows get a lot of attention. A lot of people sit and watch. And I and I sit back. I'm like, well, if if all these people are watching and these guys are making a living doing this, okay. And they're all these self help type shows. I'm like, why is why is society continue to go down the drain? Well, Are we've people... been called a therapy show for <laughs> Lakers fans. So that's the part I love the most is when, when people have opinions um, on our show like that. And I, I'm, I'm glad. And, and again, it's tailored to an entertainment entity. I'm here to entertain the entertainment. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life, you know, how to get up and go, guys, you know, have confidence in yourself. <laughs> I just find it hilarious. Glad a lot you of those... need to go to John McCallion's YouTube channel. Well, John, it's funny you bring up John. John is a very easy guy to get under his skin. Mm-hmm. And you can tell by his uh, condescending comments. So as soon as I, I he, 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 he says his little jokes, but I can read through that. I can read through a joke and what's serious. Okay. So I've been I've been hitting him hard this last few days, and, he, and vice versa. Yeah. Uh, well, he can't hit me. That's not going to affect me. But <laughs> but I can I can I there's only one there's only one person in my life that I haven't been able to jack, and that's my my one friend who's a my bulldog lawyer. He, he's just not human. There's very few people out there that can. I don't know. He's Teflon. I can't explain it. You'd have to meet him. But anybody else, you're you're toast. You have no you have no shot at ever getting under my skin. But I can get under your skin. Oh no, without a doubt. So, John, if you're listening, that Mike and comment that I sent during our emails was the nicest thing you'll probably hear me say. <laughs> Fair enough, indeed. But it is the Lakers fast break. <laughs> Truly appreciate you watching and listening. Shout out to Derek. Good night, guys. I've enjoyed the show. Go Lakers. Absolutely. Go Lakers, indeed. We thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to check out our show. Hopefully, everyone out there will catch our post games. We will be on tomorrow night after the game. We'll go ahead and make sure you get an alert on when we go live. Hopefully, it's based off the guy's schedule when they're ready to go on the air. But it looks like it should be just near within the first half hour is what I'm targeting half hour after the game has ended. What I'm trying to do is as get close as possible to that ending of the game and then us going on the air. So hopefully going to do the best we can to go ahead and provide you the best in analysis and post-game talk and shooting it straight as only we can do right here at the Lakers fast break. But my friend, it's been a great episode and I will also give you the floor to go ahead and make sure young MB gets taken care of on the talk about clutch and the Lakers. But any last thoughts before we head on out, my friend, I'm looking forward to finally doing commentary on actual gameplay. This has been one of the worst summers of Laker basketball <laughs> ever. I got to uh, laugh at that. I'm sorry. Because it, 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 it's true. Because even back when we we had bad seasons, there was some hope. Let's say 05. Okay. Let's say during the lottery era, mm-hmm. we had the lottery to be excited about. We got D'Angelo Russell. We got Lonzo Ball. We got Julius Randle. We got... We got a new young thing, new young player that's coming. And 
We were excited about Summer League and how they played well during the Summer League. We were excited about the Summer League games. There was some form of transition from the crappy regular season to, whoa, we got the second pick, to, hey, I wonder if this guy's going to be the guy to do his thing. And, and, and it carried us until the season started. This season, we had the worst Lakers season that I've ever watched, ever. The worst. On top of that, the worst free agent period in the history of the NBA, in my opinion, since I've been watching. The absolute dog crap worst free agency period I've ever watched. And the Lakers were at the forefront of how bad it was. So we've had nothing positive happen this summer. We had nothing positive all year. And it's like, geez, 10 months later, here we are at the brink, at the eve of the first preseason game of the 22-23 season. And we have to rely on hopefully the next six games to give us an identity into the new season. Tell you what, have a great evening, Emmy. Thank you so much for watching this thing. Thank you for dropping your comments the other day in the YouTube got a chance to go ahead and respond to that so thank you so much for watching our shows even after the fact right here at the lakers fast break so for joe sorrel it's gerald glassford right here at the lakers fast break looking forward to a great week ahead the lakers are finally back on the floor they're going to go ahead and play exhibition games and it starts tomorrow night monday night so go ahead and check it out and after the game you can go ahead and check us out right here at the lakers fast break 